Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Ramadan Mubarak to you and yours. This Ramadan, as we all gather to share a meal with our loved ones, we need to remember those in Gaza who are also gathering to share a meal with so many who aren't there that were just there a year ago. Since October the 7th, the Human Development Fund has assisted over 200,000 people in Gaza, providing them with essential aid such as food baskets, water, hot meals, winter items, shelter, hygiene kits, and baby formula. Your generous contributions are making a significant impact, especially in Rafah. Let's sustain this momentum and continue providing crucial support during this sacred and blessed month. Please visit hdfund.org slash alam. That's hdfund.org slash qalam, Q-A-L-A-M, to learn more about our global reach this Ramadan and choose where you'd like to direct your support during this blessed month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this month a time of mercy, solace, acceptance, and triumph for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And may Allah continue to use all of us as a means and never replace us. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. From the podcast team at Qalam, we wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month, you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras, and khutbas, all from our new campus, Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina istafa. Khususan ala sayyidi rusuli wa khatamil anbiya wa ala alihi laskiya wa ashabihi latqiya. Amma ba'd. Yesterday we started a conversation about Tawbah and Istighfar, repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in moments where we have engaged in violations against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where we have wronged ourselves. It's interesting because commonly the Quranic language used for sins is that you've wronged yourself. When a person disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the harm isn't inflicted on Allah azawajal. Rather, the harm comes back to you. قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ Those that have wronged themselves. However, in Islam, when we look at violations, the scholars tend to divide them into two categories. There are those violations that are committed against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very clearly says that He will forgive all sins. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا All violations against Allah will be pardoned as long as a person repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't involve you engaging in some grand action, some massive pilgrimage, even though those are great things to do. It's a matter of you being remorseful, turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe without even moving your lips, with your heart, apologizing and forgiveness is yours to have. But then there is a second category of violations 
which we refer to as حقوق العباد These are violations against other people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us through His Prophet that these violations that you have against one another Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive them until you settle them among one another Now this is a very serious concern because we can be hopeful in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy for all the wrongs we do between us and Him. But now when we scan through our lives from when we reached our age of adulthood till now, we need to take into consideration all the people we may have wronged. Specifically those feuds which were great and significant that we know in our lives occurred and that we were in violation or not. But we did not settle that matter properly. For Rasulullah tells us that these violations against fellow human beings become a barrier between you and your Allah. They become a barrier between your dua being accepted, between you and the acceptance of your dua. It is a very serious matter. In one narration, the Prophet he asked the companions, Do you know who truly is a bankrupt individual? When you think of bankruptcy, you think of someone who had wealth and then went under and now they're in a very tough financial situation. Different cultures, different societies have handled bankruptcy in their own ways. The Prophet ﷺ asked them, do you know who is a bankrupt person? And the Sahaba gave some suggestions. The Prophet ﷺ said, let me tell you. It is a person who did so many good deeds in the world that when he stands in front of Allah on the Day of Judgment, the volume of his good deeds are equal to a hill or a mountain. And that person is confident that I am on my way to Jannah. Yet behind him there is a line of people who he has violated. People that he backbited, people that he swore at, people that he hurt in life to climb that ladder of success. And they're all wait in line waiting for their right. That we want our right from this person we are not willing to forgive. One by one they will come and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow them to take from this person's deeds. And they will take and take and take until that big mountain ceases to exist and it's nothing. But the line will remain. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, He has nothing left to give. However, you can leave behind. And those people will leave their sins behind. And a person that started with a mountain of good deeds is now left with a pile of sins. This story that Rasulullah shares with us, this reality he shares with us, it may apply to many of us. Maybe due to negligence, arrogance, stubbornness. We aren't going back to people that we have hurt along the way in our lives and apologizing to them. That mama, baba, I'm sorry. When I was young, I was a jerk and I was really mean and I said things in my teenage years I shouldn't have. I remember the day that I pushed you and I carried that weight in my chest Throughout my life, I don't want to leave this dunya without apologizing, I'm sorry. There are some people that are difficult to deal with, and I will accept that, and I will concede right here. But there are many people who are just waiting for you to show some humbleness. For you to come and say, I'm sorry. Specifically, go to your parents and apologize for your violations. Before you finish your statement, they'll be in tears. Tabeta, there's no need for you to say this. While in reality, they've been waiting for you to show that respect. And the same goes with parents. We end up violating those that are closest to us. Because they're our family members and 
we love one another, so we expect tolerance and we demand forgiveness. It's an interesting uh, reality that we demand forgiveness, that I'm not going to ask for it, you better forgive me anyway. And because of that, those that are closest to us are usually the ones that are hurt the most. And then you have some unhinged people who actually are just, just loose cannons. Everywhere they go, they're just causing havoc. Whether they're on social media, whether they're on chat groups, whether they're sitting at parties, these people leave every gathering while violating someone's haq, someone's right. The accountability is great. The Prophet ﷺ tells us, مَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا أَوْ لِيَصْمُتْ Whoever believes in Allah and the final hour should speak good or stay silent. If you don't have something good to say, just stay quiet. You don't always need to speak. Even if it's a heated moment, people will learn from you if you learn to stay quiet. Rasulullah said, whoever leaves an argument, whoever exits an argument, even though he is right, you didn't violate anyone, you are confident that in this conversation, I am not in the wrong, I am right. But you still choose not to say something. You still choose patience. The Prophet ﷺ says, I promise that person a house in the middle of paradise. And that's if we choose to translate wast as middle. Or another translation of wast can also mean the highest. The Prophet ﷺ said that when you ask Allah for Jannah, ask for Al-Firdaus because it is awsat. Awsat there means it is the highest. Similarly, the ayah, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا could be translated in both ways. Similarly, we have made you a nation that is wasat. Wasat can mean either wasat tariq, like we would say, the middle, or it can also mean ala tariq, the, mid, the highest, the, this is the best. The Prophet ﷺ is promising that there. It requires us, first and foremost, to apologize to, that we, apologize to those that we have wronged. And when someone comes to you to apologize, Consider letting go of your feuds while you still can. I'm not speaking of situations where someone has harmed you in a way that you may not be able to even repair yourself in this dunya. That happens, by the way. Where someone has done something to you in a way and they've done it repeatedly that they've broken you and torn you up. If you wish to hold them accountable, you have every right to do so. And there is a whole day dedicated for that, Yawm Al-Hisab, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, the Day of Judgment. You can hold people accountable there. But as for these smaller feuds that we have, the things that really aren't consequential, let them go. You aren't forgiving that person. In reality, you are relieving yourself. You're relieving yourself of that pressure, that headache. Just let it go. There is a story that one of, the, one of our teachers shared with us. There was a blind scholar who was one day walking in the market. And a thief was running past, so he grabbed his money bag and bolted. The people saw a thief stealing from a person. Then they saw it was a blind man. Then they saw it was a sheikh. So they all ran after him. That how dare he steal from our blind sheikh. So they ran full speed. They tackled the guy, carried him back to the sheikh, bought his money back. And they said to him, apologize to the sheikh. So the sheikh said, who is this person? They said, well, this is the guy who stole your money bag. So he said, he doesn't need to apologize. I already forgave him. They said, why? 
He said, because I read the hadith where Rasulullah said, I will not enter into Jannah until all of my ummah is ready to go. And I didn't want my feud with him to cause a delay for the Prophet's entry into Jannah. So I forgave him the moment he took it. My, my, him violating me was no cause for me being a cause, a reason for the Prophet's entry into Jannah being delayed. This is nothing. You take my money, go, it's yours. Go enjoy it, buy yourself some coffee. Perspective. Perspective. Let it go. We are on the path of fixing society if we have the ability to forgive. But if everyone will carry grudges against their brothers and sisters and prohibit their children from speaking to their nephews and nieces and families will continue to be torn apart and every time a divorce occurs, the father will continue to swear at his ex-wife and the wife and the mother of the child will continue to swear at her ex-husband and families will remain torn apart, how will we grow? People will dedicate their lives to being broken and fixing broken families. There's no future. The Prophet ﷺ said to Anas bin Malik who was dear and near to him, beloved to him like a son. Ya Bunayya, oh my dear son, he called him. He was a servant of Nabi ﷺ, young child of Medina Munawwara. His mother made him available for the khidmah of Nabi ﷺ to take care of the chores and needs of the Prophet of Allah. The hadith is in Tirmidhi. Nabi ﷺ said, Ya Bunayya, oh my young son, if you have the ability Every night before you go to sleep, purify your heart from any malice you have against anyone. Every night, just clean your heart out. For that is my sunnah. And whoever follows my sunnah will be with me in Jannah. Whoever follows my sunnah will be with me in paradise. So here we are at a crossroad. In Ramadan, we are accepting our sins and apologizing to Allah. But on the other hand, we aren't willing to offer acceptance or forgiveness to those that have wronged us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ala an lakum. You don't want to forgive, yet you want Allah to forgive you. How does that work? Ar-Rahimun yarhamhum ar-Rahman wa ta'ala. This is hadith musalsal bil awaliyah. This hadith is known as Hadith Musalsal Bil Awaliyah. And what that means is, every time a student goes to study hadith with their teacher, this is the first hadith the teacher will teach their student. When I sat in front of my teacher, Shaykh Yusuf Rahimahullah Ta'ala, may Allah fill his grave with nur and light. When I sat in front of him for hadith the first day of my life, he sat down and before he opened Sahih al Bukhari, he read this hadith to us. And he read the whole sanad that when I was a student and I sat in front of my teacher, the very first hadith he taught me was Hadith Musalsal Bil Awaliyah. And then his teacher, and his teacher, and his teacher. And that Hadith Musalsal Bil Awaliyah, what is the text to it? Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ar-Rahimun yarhamhum ar-Rahman tabarak wa ta'ala. That those that are compassionate and merciful, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be merciful on them. Irhamu man fil ard, yarhamkum man fil sama. Be merciful to those in the earth, the one in the heavens will be merciful to you. Let things go. Let bygones be bygones. We have to stop this somewhere. Move forward on a new page. And if you realize there isn't value in that relationship for you, you don't need to commit 100%. Commit 10%, but do it on good terms. If you know that you have a relationship that isn't worth the energy in this dunya, 
It's too stressful, it's too hard to maintain. I'm not saying that you need to be at 100% with them. Be at 10%. But let it be a decent 10%. Meet once a year, say salam, smile at each other, and move on with life. You don't need to relive your trauma every day thinking that it's some religious obligation. That clearly is not the case. What does a person do after they commit a sin? Now this is a broad discussion and it relates to both ends. Whether we speak of حقوق Allah, violations against Allah, or حقوق ibad violations against fellow human beings. The first thing is, engage your heart in that moment. And what that means is, invoke two emotions or feelings. Be humble and remorseful. You've taken something from another human being. Be humble about it. Don't be arrogant. And someone says to you, buddy, this says here, parking for seniors. You're not a senior. Why did you park here? So instead of making some snarky joke and walking away, just accept it. That was my bad. I was being hasty. It was wrong on my part. A little humbleness there. And remorseful. I will avoid doing this again. You got, does that make sense? You've just had your iftar and you left your t- plate on the table and walked away. Someone says to you, buddy, why don't you pick that plate up? There's a garbage can right there and dunk it in there. Give yourself two points. So instead of saying that that's your job, when it clearly isn't, clean up after yourself, this is what we do as adults. Instead of saying that, what you say is, my bad, let me go sort this out. So think of all the moments in your life where you violated someone, whether it's cutting someone off on the highway, or whether it's just, you know, being a violent person, or not controlling your mouth, or leaving, you know, harsh and offensive and uh, horrible re- uh, comments on people's posts. When someone calls you out, don't defend, don't double down on your arrogance. Don't double down on your ill character. Admit. Be humble in that moment that this was my wrong. Second thing, be remorseful. Now, after you engage the heart, the second thing you want to engage is your tongue. And this is in two things. Like I said, it's kind of connected. The heart one is admitting it in your heart, and then that manifests through the tongue by admitting it verbally. That you verbally say, my bad. And similarly, when it comes to feeling the remorse, how that verbally manifests itself is through saying, astaghfirullah. That you repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it's a violation against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if it's a violation against other people, you say to them, I apologize for the wrong that I have done. We live in a world where communication is abundant. It's available. You can message people through text, you can email them, you can voice note them, you can video message them. You choose whichever way of communication you prefer, but it needs to be solved. And lastly, by using your limbs. Which that, what that means is if you've done wrong to someone physically, fix it physically. If you broke someone's wall, go build a wall again. If you misplace something for another person, fix that by physically engaging. Similarly, financially. If you took someone's money, don't just ask for forgiveness. That's lazy. Earn the money and pay them back. When you borrow money from someone, and it was their hard-earned money, and then on the other hand, they see that you aren't, you aren't even taking any effort at all in paying their debt back, and yet you're going on vacations and hosting lavish parties, it hurts them. Why? Because it was their hard-earned money. They're waiting to pay bills. They were kind to you. Being neglectful to them doesn't work. The Prophet ﷺ, when someone would pass away, if he found out the deceased had a debt, 
he would tell the companions to pay the debt. And he would hold the janazah off, hold the funeral prayer off until the debt was paid. Because people can't just be leaving the world knowing that death is my exit point. Why don't I just rack up a lot of debt before I die and then die and then it's all washed out? What will happen to people in society? They'll stop trusting each other. If no one loans money to another person, corporations will enter. Borrowing money is a private affair, it's a charitable act. And if people aren't willing to do that because there's no trust and it's a result of an individualistic society where human beings aren't encouraged to communicate with one another, corporations will, stand, will step in, they will you know, suck the blood out of people. The poor will remain poor, the economical balance in the world will flip at a slow pace, but it'll flip. And then you have full lock. Economically, people are locked in. The Prophet ﷺ tells us that after you do a good deed, after you do a sin, follow it up with a good deed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will wash it away. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us tawfiq in these nights of Ramadan to be strong, bold, courageous, to apologize to those that we have wronged. That He gives us strength to forgive and to also ask for forgiveness. Because through the path of forgiving in this world, we build a more trusting, loving society and ultimately attract the most meaningful, most powerful forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.